Guys, welcome back to Sky Squiz. We have another exciting episode with our therapist, Amy. My name is Ambrose Ayala. I am your host. It's your boy, Black Zeus, a.k.a. Marlon MTV, <laughs> a.k.a. BBG Extraordinaire for the second time. We're, only, we're stopping you at two a.k.a.s this time. All right, all right, all right. All right. This is therapist Amy, a.k.a. Amy. Yeah. <laughs> And guys, um, we are having a guest on the show today. We're, we're going to have uh, someone come on and talk with therapist Amy just to get some information. Again, we can't tell you that this is your therapy or she's your therapist. We can only tell you, uh, give you advice and, and give you a different outlook, um, give you different avenues of ways to think about things. So we're going to uh, bring a caller on the line. Before we do that, we always do our icebreaker. And before the icebreaker, just a reminder to everyone, this is the second week of our show. So we always do therapy with Amy. Our first week of the month is always going to be conspiracy theories. So it's conspiracy, therapist, Amy, entrepreneurship. And then we usually have like a fun pop culture show at the end of the month just to wrap everything up. So if you guys have questions about past shows or anything like that, you guys can DM <laughs> us on Sky Squids mm -hmm. and we'll either, you know, have you come on the show if you want to talk to us about any, you know, conspiracy theory or maybe you want to come on for mental health with Amy or maybe you want to come on for entrepreneurship to ask the entrepreneur a question that you're struggling with. Yeah. All right. And we're going right. to have a lot to talk about because uh, RuPaul pulled a stunt on uh, Drag Race well, let's not for get pop culture. Week. I'm just saying, like, tune in for Pop Culture Week because it's going to be a doozy. Okay. But, yeah, we're going to start with our icebreaker. It's yeah, I already shuffled them. Oh. Who went first last time? You. I did, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to draw your card. you asking me? Yeah. Okay. This is for you. How would you spend your time if you turned invisible for a week? Ooh. Would I do something legal or illegal? <laughs> is the question. So wait, I get I get I get a whole week. A whole week to be invisible. That's a lot of stuff. Oh, I can do a lot. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely gonna rob a bank. <laughs> I mean, let's just keep it all the way 1K. I gotta I gotta get my breads. So I'm definitely stereotypical. <laughs> what do you mean? Every oh, no, and that's a lie because every time a bank gets robbed in the movies, it's, it's a, white a white person. person. Yeah, so come on. <laughs> I'm breaking stereotypes here. Okay. <laughs> Pay it forward. Oh my god. Um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna come up with some money. So I'm gonna, uh, and like, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely gonna get some money. And like, I would probably rob like Citibank because they like funded the Nazis. So like, but wouldn't you want to like go to like the uh, uh, what's his name? I got a Jeff, whole week. Jeff Bezos' house or the other guy's house. Elon. No, what, what Jeff Bezos got in his house? Elon Musk or his house. Find his information of where he keeps all his money and and transfer it out to another account. <laughs> I ain't smart enough to. Right. I ain't I smart enough. Say, Dang, that's oh. a lot of planning, right? There. <laughs> yeah, but they can track where you send it to. So I. That's a paper you send trail. Send it to a, a, a overseas account. Bro, they're billionaires. Bitcoin. You it. can't go nowhere that they can't find Bitcoin you. Bitcoin. They're billionaires. Elon go, Musk is gonna be like, I can see the invisible. <laughs> like you know, he put look. He put computer chips in people's head. He's gonna find you. Oh my god. I would, uh, but no, I would definitely. Um, yeah, I'd probably rob Citibank because they 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 funded the. Nazis, so gotta get after them. Oh then, my god! 
<laughs> then I would I would go into like any like secret occult uh, uh, meeting that I could find mm-hmm. and like really see like what they be doing. Like, okay, are y'all really in here sacrificing people? Y'all just, just in here getting drunk, having orgies. Like, I just I, I just need to just know what's out at really. Beyonce's house for like a week. And she a witch and or a she, siren? She, she might see you too. She, she like, probably gonna see me. She a witch. She like no, I know who you is. Get out. Um, then I would probably. If I was invisible for a whole week and I knew that I would never, ever come out, I'd probably plane hop. So I'd probably, like, get on some planes and go to a bunch of destinations that uh, otherwise I couldn't go. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a free plane right now. Ain't nobody going to see me. Um, as long as it's an empty seat. Oh, I didn't think about that, though. Yeah, but if you're invisible, do you weigh anything? If you're invisible, you Oh, no, you're going naked. It's still, like... <laughs> I'm going. I'm going ass oh out. God. They're gonna sit in that seat and be like, "Oh, what is that?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this plane flight came with oh, entertainment. Um, and then, um, other than that, I would just like I would probably just like go places that typically, like you know, what I mean, like I wouldn't have access to. So, like, just to see, like, all right, what are y'all really doing over here? Oh. Uh, but see, that's the thing, though. That's a risk, though, because if Area 51 is what people think it is, then they might still be able to see my ass. Yeah. So that's the a risk. will see you and make your head blow up. If, 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 okay. <laughs> if I could do, every, if I had a whole week, I'd go, like, on my last day. Just in case. Just in case. Like, I'm going to do gotcha. everything, and then it's like, okay, if I hop up in Area 51, and they're like, yeah, we can see you, bro. You're going to jail. Then it's like, well, at least I did everything off my bucket list first, you know? Right. And you have enough money for the lawyer to get Bo- out. Exactly. See? Bam. See? Yeah. See? Whoops. There you go. Absolutely. All right. Is it my turn? No, it's, it's my turn. turn after this long, drawn-out story. Good. This plan that you have. I got a whole week. <laughs> yeah, that is a long time. Okay. <clears throat> Ooh, sorry. I have different glasses for different things. Um, what flaws would you be okay with in a romantic partner that you would be okay with? Flaws. Not, uh, that's a hard one, actually. Mm-hmm. What flaws? Not what like, flaws would yeah. I be okay with? Um, I guess, Protein farts. Uh, no, definitely not that. That's <laughs> definitely not that. I would say um, a little bit of messiness, not too much, you know, because I'm more of an organizer. A little bit of messiness and like you don't clean up after yourself, but not like it to the extreme. It can't be like I'm done with this can of Coke. I'm throwing it on the floor type thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> But if uh, laundry doesn't end up in the laundry basket, but beside it, it yeah, it, it, would you be? It all might right? aggravate me, but I could deal with it. So that, and maybe, um, I guess, maybe on a deeper level. Dang, I don't even know. <laughs> that's a hard one. Oh no, yeah, that's really hard because you're you're basically saying what you, you would. What are you gonna let them get away with, basically? Right. Right. Oh, that's a tough. That's a tough. I'm just gonna go with the floor, the clothes on the floor. That's <laughs> it. That's all I can put up with. If you do anything else. You do anything else, it's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what if they got like bad feet? Um, <laughs> then I, I we can work on that. I, we'll get your feet done. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put you on a monthly schedule. <laughs> uh, my feet were really bad for a while. Eric oh, had to give you those God. pills. They're gonna take you to the uh, the what is it called? What the, the to go get a pedicure, a manicure, and a pedicure, and they're gonna see your feet and be like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> this this one lady came in there and she was like, no, I'm gonna be scrubbing your feet for too long. You have to pay double. I was like, oh man, no way. Yeah, and the lady walked out because she got so embarrassed. <laughs> wow. Uh, but I don't have that problem. Okay, here we go. They Amy. would never get my money. <laughs> Amy, this is for you. Okay. 
If you could be born in another era in history, which would you choose? You better not say the past. No. I honestly, it is the past. It is the past. Racist. But Stop kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's two different things. So I've always been drawn to being a pirate. I want to be a pirate. Ooh. So that would be a great era to be a female pirate. Like, oh, I, would, yeah, I know. I'm like, like, I could get all excited 200, about it. 200,000 shit. You could be chasing a whole lot of booty. <laughs> <laughs> And I think the other part was, is I always said that if I could, and this is so bad to say on there, I, I would run a brothel. But oh, from back okay. in the day. Back when in the, the day. You know, but not all brothels were about, like, no, sex and stuff. Right. I mean, yeah. she, the, I don't know, there's a movie, I can't remember the name of it, but she kind of, like, ran her own brothel. But it was more of a pub, you know, everybody went to eat, stuff like that, mm-hmm. and gathered and... And then of course that, but I mean that yeah, I would I would I be the one to run it somewhere here and there. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'd be kind of dope. I'd be the madam, right? You'd be like, okay, yeah. but it's like, yeah, but brothels were like not all of, not all brothels were like like just like sex centers. Like right. some of them were like just like it was entertainment. It was just to go and right. get yeah. entertainment. There was no movies or anything like that. You had singers, you had plays, they had obviously alcohol. Best little whorehouse in Texas. That movie. <laughs> that- Oh, that's what it's called? That's, yeah, it's called, it's Dolly Parton. Oh, really? Yeah, really? that's the whorehouse in Texas. Yet. That's not the other movie you're talking like about, the, meet, the Midnight Meat Train. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I told him, I'm going to tell you the name of this movie, but before I tell you, do not laugh. Because <laughs> <laughs> I told, I, I made the mistake of telling a group of friends. I'm like, and I was excited, too, because we were trying to figure out a movie to watch. And I'm like, have y'all seen the Midnight Meat Train? And everyone started laughing. <laughs> I would have been watching at night. Oh. Oh, my gosh. It is a real movie. It's a scary movie. If you haven't seen it, it's actually a really good movie about uh, the underground subway system in New York. But that's for another show. Um, so, anyways, now that we're all relaxed and whatever, you I geeking. guess we're going to get everything started with the Giggly show. Wiggly. Get, get on the more serious side. Except for Marlon. I mean, I'm always I'm always roller coaster. I go serious. You know, serious to funny, serious to funny. But I try to keep it, you know, consistent. A little balance. Yeah, a little balance. It helps. Especially talking about mental health. Yeah, yeah. So, guys, we have a guest on the show today, and uh, his name is Talik Monroe. He's going to come on and talk with our therapist. And... I've been on Talik's show. He he does a, I believe it's weekly, weekly or monthly deal where he basically interviews influencers celebrities reality stars and really you just come on and you talk with him tell your story or just kind of he's really he's really trying to break the stigma of mental health for pretty much all people so that's how i met i met him um he hit me up just to uh go on with uh poly california i forget how what his last name is but anyway we both have been on ntv did the challenge and we're both pretty competitive people we kind of had a similar background from doing sports to having to adjust to life after sports and then just into life like after reality TV and being in a public eye. So we all three got on a Instagram live and did like a, just a mental health talk, talked about our experiences, different things that we go through, which was kind of cool because it was like, oh, dude, we do a monthly deal with our podcast. Why don't you come on and actually talk with someone who is actually just know what the hell is going on? Right. And um, so, yeah, we're going to go ahead and bring him on now. Talik, you are live on air. Hey, everybody. Thank y'all. Thank you guys for having me on here. Thank you. It means, it means a lot. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for showing up, brother. So tell us a little bit about what it is you do. I know Marlon already said a little bit of it, but tell us about what you do and, and why you're doing this to help other people. 
So basically, you know, I had to tell her my story of being sexually abused by two of my cousins at a child, you know, I mean, a young age and everything and growing up and dealing with mental health issues, you know, BPD, PTSD, anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts and everything. I wanted to make sure that that men speak up, you know, my, I love mental health, you know, I love fighting for myself, but I love like fighting for men's mental health because, you know, a lot of guys, we go through stigma. But we can't talk about it. You're supposed to stay quiet. You're not a man if you don't speak about it. So, like me telling my story, a lot of people can't be like, you know, a lot of men don't tell that story. Being sexually abused about being so open, your emotions, and a lot of people don't do it. So, it made me create the whole Instagram check-in, mental health check-in with Tali, just to have a conversation. You know, not an interview, just sitting down on Instagram, just having a conversation about mental health. You know, checking on each other because a lot of guys. We don't check in on each other, you know. We just um, think everything's okay. You know, we don't ask the right questions and everything. So that's one of the reasons I started it. Yeah, I just love to see men speaking up. When we speak up about mental health, it just really excites me. No, it's good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, we have Amy on the line. What did you want to talk to Amy about today? I want to talk to her about, um, of course, child sexual abuse and effects after it. Like, I had this issue, Amy, where... Like, I had a lot of guys, it's hard for me to get close with guys, like, be friends with them mm-hmm. because of the sexual abuse. Because of, like, what my cousins did to me, I don't trust, like, I basically, I really don't trust men like that, you know? I trust them for, like, a little bit, but I always look for ways for something to get mad at or something to happen at. I have good friends that are guys, but, like, it seems like I always push them away. And they're understandable. They know that it's the, you know, BPD, you know, the whole stuff that happened, the traumatic events that happened to me and I try and try but it seems I'm always looking for like a way to say this is why I'm not cool with men this is why I'll hang out with guys so I'm just trying to figure out what do I do well a lot of um, people that I've seen um, especially men who have had sexual trauma in their past a lot of it is honestly building the therapeutic relationship finding a therapist that you can actually build a relationship with enough to trust them to talk about your story. Because you can talk about it, but the feelings are different than you know when you're sitting with a therapist and you're letting, you're able to feel free to feel. Um, so a lot of times my thing is, is, is the therapeutic relationship is a lot of it because you have to be able to open up to somebody and be vulnerable enough for them to hold your feelings. So when I'm working with people, we don't even talk about the trauma for a while because my thing is, is I need you to build that therapeutic relationship with me so that you trust me enough to hold your vulnerability so that when you're there and it's going on, I can, you know, I can tell like, okay, is there a body sensation? Okay, he's saying this, but he's not really showing emotion. So what's the barrier? What's the block? Um, Once that happens, then it's it's kind of for us in that process to figure out, okay, well, who was the person that you wanted to be before the trauma happened? And then, okay, we need to mourn the loss of that person because that person is not going to be the person you want to be because trauma happened. So then you have to look at, okay, well, what kind of person do I want to be now? Because through our trauma, we become stronger. And through that, you start to recognize, okay, so it's not me. This wasn't my fault that I can trust people because you're building that therapeutic relationship and having that person walk with you through your trauma. 
So it's a very big difference between, you know, people that um, don't have that childhood trauma and it's trauma in their adulthood versus childhood. Because we also have to look at, okay, the child you, you know, sometimes people who were um, sexually traumatized didn't know it was trauma until later on because it wasn't presented in a very um, fearful manner. Um, so that way, you know, it just it just depends on each person, and then it's kind of going through there. But it's building back meaning in your life. It's recognizing that not all people are going to hurt us the way they did. But that, again, is through building that therapeutic relationship so you can finally have somebody that walks with you through that trauma. That's one of the basic things. And the other is, is building your self-esteem, because we do lose our self-esteem regardless of female, male, we lose our self-esteem because why would that happen to me? Why did this have to do this? And so there's all those questions that come into play. So in all honesty with this, it's, you know, looking at, okay, well, I can trust somebody because I just trusted this person and they walked with me through it and they're not judging me and they're not going to hurt me, which means that I can trust other people with this. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does make sense. Um, the whole, you know, thing you said about the younger me. That's like the second time I heard somebody say that to me and everything. So you definitely make sense. It's hard to do because it's like when we're a kid, we, you know, we have all these expectations. Adults and, mm-hmm. and everybody else is supposed to show us right from wrong. They're supposed to teach us what, true, you know, what unconditional love is. And a lot of times people don't get that. Or, you know, you get traumatized from, like you said, with cousins and nobody in the family believes or, you know, things have happened in the family just brushes it under the carpet because it's stuff you don't talk about because then you feel shameful for something that happened to you. And so it's learning that, you know, through through therapy, that it's not your fault that this happened to you. And, you know, and, and it's just focusing on the future. It's focusing on, OK, so I can't take that back. I can hold those feelings, I can work through them, and I can, every time I get triggered, I can recognize that's from the past, it's not today. Mm. And you go from there. That's so good, that's so good, (laughs) that's so good. So, I mean, sorry, I get really dorky about all this stuff because I get so so passionate about it, but, you know, trauma... It's good stuff, though. I mean, I'm I'm a trauma therapist. That's the one thing every, you know, most of my training is trauma Mm. because Mm -hmm. there's so many people that have trauma I don't know one person in this state that doesn't have some right. form of trauma. So it's just learning about yourself, honestly. You know, can I can I trust somebody? You can if you're choosing to. The thing is, is that you have to find that, like, a therapist to be vulnerable with first so that you have evidence that shows that you're not going to get judged, that you're not going to get hurt. I like the fact that, like, a lot of your stuff, like, um, the advice that you, you give, I feel like you can apply it to multiple types of trauma like his trauma is very specific it's Mm -hmm. very i don't i feel like that's something that you consistently have to work through like for the rest of your life not in like a bad way right you know what i mean but it's just like it's always gonna be a part of your life is a part of your life it it leaves that you know that mark on you Mm -hmm. but i do feel like the advice that you give will also help like if there are other traumatic events in someone's life or his life if there's other traumatic events that may happen in the future. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the advice that you gave applies to those events too. You know what I mean? Like you obviously got to, you know, 
right. adjust right. it depend, depending on what it is. You yeah. know? Right. Every situation is different, but, you know, I feel like the general right. basic, right. like mm -hmm. it, you can, uh, you, it, it will help you through whatever it is that you're dealing with. Well, and, and to me, trauma is, is, is trauma, regardless of what it is. Trauma to me is something that has, you know, struck your fight or flight. It literally is something that has, in our minds, harmed us in some way, whether it's mental, physical, sexual, spiritual, financial, whatever. When something triggers us and mm -hmm. we, we go into fight or flight mode or freeze, you know, there's a ton of those, but um, when you go into those modes, it's like we don't, we just keep going back there. We keep going back there. Yeah. And then it's beating yourself up of, I want to be the person I was before the trauma. Well, you've had tra a traumatic event. Your brain chemistry has changed based off of that traumatic event. Mm -hmm. So being the person you were before isn't a realistic expectation because you have been through trauma. So it's recognizing that, mourning the loss of what you thought your life was going to be, and then recognizing, okay, well, what is it that I want my life to be like? And strive and make goals and, you know, implement them for that to happen. And so I want to ask Lee. You said that you've heard some of the information that um, Amy just gave you. So I'm just wondering, being that you may have gone to ther a therapist in the past, what is it that didn't work for you with that therapist? Or are you ongoing in therapy with the ther same therapist? So um, I'm in therapy now. Um, like therapist, I trust them. I saw some stuff, you know. I want to say the people out there, just therapy is good, you know. Um, you may not find the right therapist, but keep trying. You there is a therapist out there for you. The therapist I had, I had for like over a year, but before the pandemic started, I mean after the pandemic started, I was seeing him. Then I stopped going for a year, and he was able to let me come back. So, like I, I'm thankful that he let me come back. Oh, that's good. COVID, it was so yeah, yeah. it was so hard. It was so hard, like to find. Like during COVID, like before COVID, my mom passed away from liver cancer, and then nine months later. Into COVID, my sister passed away. So yeah, I, mean, I stopped going. Oh, sorry to hear that. Because I was just going through so much or whatever. I had stopped going to him. So, like, you know, he, I just wound up going back. I tried other therapists, it didn't work. Um, I feel like they didn't care. So you now I went back to him. So, you know, therapy, it, it helps me. Like, mm -hmm. like it, it, opens, it, it opens stuff that you didn't realize happened to you, you know? Absolutely. Like, he told me one time, right? He's like, he was like, Lee, you got to stop focusing on all the sexual abuse. Other stuff happened to you. There was abuse, like physical abuse, you know. Mm. Um, you know, in the black community, you get your butt with, with you know, I got butt with a stench cord with no clothes on by my uncle and stuff like that. You know, black community, that's just like just getting a beating, but like that really traumatized me, you know. Mm -hmm. I couldn't sit down. I was able, as like a, a young kid, to be able to go to school, so hard for me to sit down and everything, and no teacher recognized it. No teacher noticed that I was in pain. The only person that probably found out was like my mom, you know, I had to go through DHS, I had to go to my mom. And everything. It was like so much of stuff like that. So you know, a lot of stuff that in therapy that you don't even think happened to you. Right. When you start talking about it, it's it's traumatic. You know, like I, I did give that sexual abuse thing a lot. You know, I gave it too much power because now, like me going to therapy every week, I had to have my therapy every week now, and I'm learning so much about my stuff. Like I'm learning like what happened to me. I'm learning. Right. And it's all complex. That's yes. that's what they call complex 
chronic trauma because I mean yeah. it's it's one after another. I call it the hamburger. You got the bun, which is your first traumatic experience, and then you know it just it seems like it just keeps letting on more and more. You, you know your hamburgers in the middle, but you got all kinds of stuff underneath, and you got all kinds of stuff on top before you even get the bun on your hamburger. So it's kind of one of those things that it's like you know there's so many different little traumas. So just, you know, it's, it's going through it. And sometimes tra- trauma therapy takes years. But it's finding that right therapist that you feel listens to you, that feels like, you know what, they are somebody that, that cares. Because that's what a therapist is supposed to be like. And if you find a therapist that you're like, ah, it's not clicking, it's okay. It's okay to not click with a therapist. Because not everybody does the same type of therapy. I mean, we I all go to the know. same school, but... I want to yeah, ask I, you, oh, sorry, Talik, I want to ask her really I, quick. Do you think, uh, because Talik, you know, he said he was going to therapy and then he was out of therapy because of COVID, um, he couldn't go. What are other some, What are some other ways that he could, like, it, it, is there a way for him to, like, find someone to do, like, a, not a therapist, like a professional therapist, but maybe an, somebody that's, knows the situation and is somebody that he can call on? I mean, there's definitely hotlines you can call if you're feeling like you're triggered and you're kind of going into panic mode. Um, I mean, a crisis line is always available. It's just that when it comes to trauma, it's not, it's, you have to kind of be trained in it in order for it to, to actually, you know, benefit and not yeah. harm more. Yeah. Instead of just know? like calling a friend and being like, Absolutely. Hey, I'm going through it because yeah. And I you can it. call a friend. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, what I'm saying is, is this is somebody that's not going to judge. It's somebody that's going to, uh, you know, be there and hold your emotions and not, you know, get upset with you and not get mad at you and, and really truly can work with you on your stuff. So, I mean, you can definitely call crisis centers. You can call friends. There's groups online everywhere for trauma groups. I mean, there's just so much now because of COVID happening Mm -hmm. that we can now like, you know, Zoom meetings for AA. I had a client who lived in Texas, but was going to his old AA meetings in North uh, New Mexico because of COVID and being able to get on Zoom. So, I mean, there's just so many things out there now for help. You know, until I think it's very brave of you to, to be able to be vulnerable enough to come on and have your own podcast about mental health because it is a big stigma and yeah. it's something that definitely needs to be broken and more men need to be able to understand that it takes strength to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, instead of weak because you're vulnerable. It is very, it is very, 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 very hard to be vulnerable with anybody and to open up to everybody, that's huge. That is very much all about being vulnerable with your strengths. Especially on like a public platform as big as, you know, social media. Cause I mean, he has a platform. Mm-hmm. He's, he's getting definitely getting the word out there to, you know, tons of people. So, and I think like, like the fact that, you know, he's brave enough to take something that, you know, can potentially come with a lot of, negative stigma you know about the person you know versus people just focusing on like the help and like like the the recovery that needs to needs to happen after just is a testament to how strong and how far he's come on his own because like i feel like i don't know i feel like being able to talk about your trauma in itself just that step in itself um takes a huge amount of like 
self-reflection, a huge amount of strength on your own just to be able to say, like, this event happened. It damaged me. And, like, I want to fix it. Like, that just alone, I feel like, is probably one of the biggest steps in the process, you know, because so many people go their whole life knowing there's an issue. And, and never taking the time to just address it. They do it in other ways. They get aggressive with you. They get angry right. quickly. They lash out on everyone they love. And right. They push people away. Because Drugs. Of it, you know, and like, Talika, we're going to wrap up with you, but I'm going to let you talk to Amy again. But I also want to ask you to let everyone know when you're, um, tell us when your live is. Tell us you, you what your handle is, how we can get in contact, how people can follow you and watch these live videos. And then if you have anything else for Amy before we wrap up, just go ahead and feel free to ask her. Everybody can follow me at Talik.Moreau on Instagram. And um, I have a men's mental health page called Ben Fighting, the number four, for mental health um, on Instagram. I try to post like you know positive stuff, information on there. The, you know any guy to see it to um, brighten up their day. I actually like met a lot of people that I'm doing Instagram Instagram lives through that page. My next Instagram live is um, with two of my cousins. I try, decided to bring my cousins on there. Mm-hmm. We all grew up together. Um, we you know <laughs> been through a lot of loss. It's um, just Monday at um, eight o'clock on Instagram live. So we it's every balls, you know? it's every Monday that you do this. No, so, so I got a little carried away, right? So I, I booked a lot of people this February, right? Mm-hmm. And different dates are going to come. But going into March, to, you know, protect my mental health and make sure I'm good. Uh, because I do stuff where uh, I don't know if anybody ever heard of NAMI. I'm like a volunteer mm-hmm. there. So I do, I lead support groups, you know, like online support. I'm a certified peer specialist. Um, I can lead support groups. I do a men's, a men's group, um, a Black Mind Matter group that I do. I do mm-hmm. also do um, depression and anxiety. And I got to uh, um, make sure I protect, you know, my mental health. I'm doing a lot of stuff that's pouring into others. I got to make sure, you know, somebody's pouring into me. So in March, it's going to probably be like two times a month or three times a month. Oh, nice. Okay. Right now, I got like four or five people, but I'm you know, getting over it on my head. I want to be overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, um, you know, I do, the work for, I do the work for NAMI. You know, they just named me, um, which is crazy. They named me facilitator of the month for January, which is, oh, awesome. I was so shocked. I feel like I didn't deserve that. I was so shocked. Congrats, congrats, right. congrats. I was, I was like really shocked. I think that comes with self-esteem issues. I really was like, how did I get this? But you know, you know, I had to accept it. Um, but um, yeah, just do the Instagram. Make sure they check out the Instagram lives where I'm trying to bring, you know, men's mental health, you know, hopefully one day this could be like a job for me. You know, mm-hmm. with, you know, I'm trying to make this to a job so we can just definitely talk about it, get the stigma out. Because yeah, I know no. how it is. I know how it is to be like, but like a lot of people judge me because I was so open about my story. Like a lot of people didn't want to hang. You know, men didn't want to hang around me. They didn't want to. They didn't know how to accept me or take me because I was so emotional, open. But you know, I'm just, I'm gonna keep fighting, keep telling my story. Hopefully, it inspires. Exactly. Right? Absolutely. To the people out there, your story matters. No matter if you think it doesn't matter, Absolutely. you know, it, your story can help somebody heal. Exactly, man. Um, I definitely think that uh, you should definitely keep going with everything that you're doing. Congrats on really just just taking that leap of faith, especially as you know, African American male. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of stigmas, you know, that we have to fight, and mental health is definitely one that gets washed under the rug. So, obviously, you know, later on down the road, we'll definitely uh, probably have you on again. Um, We have a few people that are wanting to come on as well. Other people that want to come on as well. So. We do want to thank you for stopping by the show. 
We're going to uh, chop it up with Amy for a little bit. We got about another maybe 30, 45 minutes uh, for today's podcast, but uh, we will definitely be in touch. And we will shoot you the link whenever the episode gets aired, okay? Yep, and we're going to include your hashtags and we'll include your page, everything. We'll tag you and everything so that our followers can be your followers. Your followers can come follow us and listen to the show. So thank you very much for coming on the show with us today. I know Amy appreciates it. She loves to talk about this type of stuff. (laughs) Right? Thank you all so much. Thank you all so much. You're welcome. All right, man. Take it easy, brother. All right. All right, bye. Wow, that was wonderful. Yeah, man, dude's pretty, 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 I mean, he's a pretty solid dude. I mean, I was, uh, I mean, when I did my initial live with him, I wasn't really sure what the heck I was going to get into because at first, to be honest with you, I thought it was just uh, like, uh, I thought it was just like a little MTV, like little stunt that he was trying to pull just because the guy that he brought on there, me and him had some like Twitter beef with Uh the whole MTV challenge thing. And we kind of had like a little Twitter beef. And um, and then his girl was like mad at me for a little bit because I was talking trash. And um, so basically he everybody put, wants to fight you. Hey, you know, I, I guess, I guess. Let's but, talk about why you're always in a fight. <laughs> I've been blood, blood. You're right. I've been canceled. Oh, I've been canceled like four or five times in one year just because of oh, my God. COVID. But we're not going to talk about it. But anyway, when he said who I was going to be on the live with, I was like, man, he probably just set me up to get on here and act a fool, whatever. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, fine. He probably didn't know. I'm down. No, he knew. He knew. Oh. He knew. I mean, like, the stuff we were doing was. fix it. I don't, I don't know. So I was like, all right, I'll act a fool. What's up? Like, but no, went on there, and it was a good talk. It was a good talk, man. He's a stand-up guy. Um, he's definitely trying to do something positive. So I think it's awesome. A little lightheartedness. When um, anybody, you know, it's so funny because in my personal life, I have a lot of friends and they're like, I know you're analyzing me right now. Like, I know oh, you whenever are. you're talking mm-hmm. to them? And I'm like, but too. I'm not. That's why I'm sitting like this. <laughs> but I'm not. My whole <laughs> Don't make eye contact. My, no. Don't look at her. Don't look eyes at her. Eyes forward. Eyes forward. Eyes forward. I'd be making a lot more money if that was the oh, case. Yeah. Yeah. Right? All right. Yeah. I know exactly what you're thinking right now. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. <laughs> Pizza. <laughs> oh, but it's true. I mean, I, I don't. I don't, I have to shut that part of my brain off because I want to be able to enjoy my time with people. And if I'm constantly analyzing, it wouldn't be fun for me right yeah. right right. So. that's true i get tired of it too after a while you're just like let me just be me off the clock you know right and i'm totally different in many ways when i'm off the clock rather than on the clock but i'm still the mental health dork both ways because i get super passionate about talking about it so. yeah yeah I mean, when you love something like I it's just it's hard when you to go separate. Into therapist mode too, though. She's what? like, yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot of times, <laughs> <laughs> she put the therapist voice on, right? I'm like, okay, you go, Amy, go, right? go. No, you know. <laughs> but it is. I mean, you know, and it's you guys had been. I listened to the podcast about conspiracy theories and stuff, uh-huh. and I'm like, Mm-mm, can't watch that. I'll be analyzing the show. Oh my <laughs> god, I'd be analyzing the show. Oh, there's wow. a lot of shows I won't watch. Because because if they have mental health like struggles and, then, and issues, I'm going to start going into therapist mode watching it. Right, right, right. Oh my God, I was watching Cops. I hadn't seen Cops in years. I'm like, this oh my is God, still that show on. is still on. <laughs> That's what I said. Apparently, it was. So I was like, okay, I flick it on. And within five minutes, I'm getting anxiety because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like one of my old clients right. like, from way back in the day because I used to do court mandated substance abuse and mental health. 
And so I'm just like, nope, can't nope. do it, can't do it. Change the channel, change the channel. Because oh my I would God. get stressed out because I start, I'm like, mm. Like, no, yeah, she got no. right back this just, to him. This <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand. Here's the pattern. Here's the sign. This is the diagnosis. Like, mm. Cops is the most stressful show oh, that you could yeah. ever watch. You know what? I like... Uh, uh, <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> and that reminds me because I saw an episode with the, the woman on there. She's a prostitute. And she goes up. She calls the cops on this other lady. And they're going up to her, the, the woman. And she's like, yeah, I gave her $20. And she didn't give me anything. And she's like, well, what was she supposed to give you? She didn't give me anything. She didn't give me my $20 back either. And so she goes, she goes to, the, to the, the other woman and she's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to give her. She gave me $20. She gave me $20. She was selling her drugs. Well, and then you but she didn't want to tell the cop people, that. People right. that get chipped from their drug dealer and then they're calling the cops because the drug dealer screwed them out of drugs. It's like, like really? Right. That either screwed both of y'all. Right. Y'all both screwed. Stupid. That's the most hilarious thing ever. Um, I was like, Oh my god! I had a buddy that did that one time though, and I'm not gonna say his name, but he, right. <laughs> you know, he ordered some services, and the girl tried to steal his laptop, and basically he ends up like fighting with her to keep, like try to keep his laptop or whatever, and ends up I think I don't know. Anyway, the girl ends up with like a busted lip or whatever. So he and she like runs out the hotel, and she there's like cameras everywhere or whatever. So he basically like calls and said, we got you on camera. Like you bring my laptop back. Da, 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 da. She's like, no, no. So he calls the cops and they find the girl. And I'm like, hold on. I was like, so what did you tell the cops? He's like, I told him the truth. Oh. I was like, you told him you. He's like, yeah, I told her. the tr- I told him the truth. I said, like, and you didn't go to jail. He was like, no. I was like, I'm in my mind. I'm just thinking like, wait, what? You literally <laughs> called the police, told them you committed a crime. Oh, my God. And they didn't take you to jail, let alone they helped you get your laptop back. I was like, I was like, boy, the uh, the the audacity, <laughs> the audacity of, of, of him to think like, OK, I can call the cops tell them I'm doing something illegal. Because someone else did something illegal to me. More illegal, right? And, <laughs> right, right, right. And I'm not gonna go to jail. No. I was, I was, I was shooketh, to say the least. The privilege, uh, the, to, to, to say the least. And yes, you know, he was, he was he Caucasian. Must know the cops. No, he was Caucasian. Because oh. <laughs> um, I'm telling you right now, ain't nobody, you know anybody, white, crazy white people. <laughs> I mean, like, but in my mind, I think like there's no way in my mind I would have been thinking to myself like, oh yeah, I'm gonna call the cops and tell them right. I ordered. I never someone off the internet. The I don't honestly no. never feel like calling the cops, even when something scary is happening. I'm like, they're, by the time they get here, I'm gonna be dead or beat up. <laughs> right. It's just it's a it's like a toss. Oh my god, have y'all seen? I know this is this is the last thing was it. Have y'all seen the Instagram reel? Where uh, the dude, he's like a black guy and like somebody's like robbing his house and he calls 911 and they're like, okay, sir, like, where do you live? Blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, oh, yeah, this, like, are you safe? He's like, yeah, I'm safe. And he's like, she's like, well, you know, we have to have to, we have to, he's, and like, he's like, oh, my name's Christopher Wallace or something like that, right? And he, she was like, okay, well, we just want to ask you a couple verification questions. So they ask him all these questions. He's like, what do you put on your sandwich, Miracle Whip or mayonnaise? And he's like, <laughs> And this is a mayonnaise. Cri- a crisis call? No, it's a skit. Oh, it's a skit. Okay. It's a skit. It's not a real call. Oh, okay, okay. And he was like, "What do you put on your uh, What do you put on your sandwich? Miracle Whip or mayonnaise?" And he's like, 
mayonnaise. <laughs> but they're like, what do you like? Uh, um, you know, just typical questions. And it's like, right. basically, like, uh, uh, how do you season your fried chicken? <laughs> right? <laughs> and then they get to the last one. It's like, say the word ask. He's like, damn. <laughs> He's like, axe. They click, hang up. <laughs> <laughs> I was cracking, dude. X. Uh, X. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, oh my God. So, anyways. But going back guys, to mental health. Yes. Right. <laughs> I was say, what is it that you guys have, since we last talked, like, that people have brought up? Has anything been brought up? You had up? one, didn't you? Uh, that you said well, that? we got a lot of, uh, you know, the, so a lot of the questions that we answered on the last mental health with Amy, we got some good feedback. And uh, after they listened to it, and they're like, oh, okay, I like, I like what she told me, you know, mostly about starting to go see a therapist now mm-hmm. that's where it led to and i think that's what people need is that push and i think that's right. what you do is like you give information for the general right trauma or the general whatever they need help with right. and then they th- th- i think that empowers them to like move forward and be like i'm gonna take control of my mental health because that's what a lot of people seem to have done yeah after right. the last episode and honestly our mental health episodes are our top episodes oh, that's awesome. yeah 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 that's awesome Well, and my biggest thing is, is like, look, I'm just one perspective. Mm -hmm. There's so many other therapists out there. My best friend is the hockey soccer mom with all the tattoos. So she tells everybody, oh, well, you want somebody that's a little more rock and roll. You go to Amy. (laughs) Right, right, right. Like, you want somebody that's going to be, you know. A little more conservative, maybe. Right. And we we have very different styles of what we do. And I'm always like, okay, so you're going to be better off seeing her. Versus. Right. And she's always like, okay, well, you need to go see Amy. Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) I do have a topic, because you kind of brought it up with Talik's deal as far as just mental health in general but like more so like dealing with just identity changes basically so like and I know like for me it was a big deal because I had to go I I feel like I had to kind of go through like a very big I don't know if I would consider it traumatic but it was like a unwanted identity change right so it became traumatic in a sense because it was like I was trying to hold on to this identity Mm -hmm. that was no longer serving the goals that I had in life Right. right right So long story short, I was a football player, didn't make it, came back and was trying to basically adjust in a sense of, you know, I didn't have my degree yet. Um, I had no work experience because I pretty much dedicated everything Mm -hmm. to football because you just didn't have time to do anything else. Right. I was in school, but I knew that I didn't want to do the corporate thing. I just had to be in school because it's part of playing football. So right. it wasn't that I ever liked school with all that stuff. Right. But I made good grades because it was just like, it made things easier. So then I had to make this transition to basically what I would consider the real reality of the world. Mm-hmm. You're working. No one cares about anything that you've mm-hmm. done. It's you show up to work on time. You do this job. Right. What other jobs have you had? It's like, well, I got all these amazing skills. Like I can do this particular job, but you want me to mop the floors. And it's right. just like, you know what I mean? Like how do how do people release or how do people accept, I, I don't know if it's considered trauma, but how do people accept that identity change or how do people deal with or or even just recognize that like, right. okay, I need to let go of these ideologies or these identities or these traditions or structures. How does someone understand that they need to let that go so that right. they can get to like certain goals in life. You know what I mean? Cause I like for like to leak that old person that you wanted to be, you right. can't be that person no right. more because you went through a traumatic event. So 
what are some things that people could look out for? What are some things that people could see in their life? They say like, okay, the identity that I'm trying to be is what's keeping me from getting to the goal that I really want, which is maybe financial freedom or this job or this career or whatever the case may be. Well, you think about it when you're a football player, you're, you know, People are constantly like, yeah, you're great. You're awesome. Like, you're right, doing right, great. Right, right, right. Pats on the back every day. Right. And it's like, you know. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like celebrities, stuff like that. It's like right, right, right. you're built up. And that's why I think there was so many like celebrities that have gone down. Yeah. Because once you get built up so much and then you realize that that's not the life that's going to happen for you then when the real world hits, it is a traumatic event because it's threatening your mental well-being. It threatens your financial well-being. It threatens all those different yeah. things. So All at once. All at once. So it's like that complex packed hamburger. It yeah. just all, but it's very quickly. So it's trying to find out, okay, so this is going on. This is where it's people isolate. This is where they get into that depression because it's that, shit, what do I do now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's looking at it and saying, okay, you know what? We have to feel those feelings. Like part of it is working through those feelings, feeling the crap feelings we don't want to feel. Because if you push them down or ignore them or distract yourself with whatever means, they're still there. So it's giving yourself permission. You know what? I'm going to have a crap morning. I feel it. It's coming on. I'm going to let myself have it. And then I'm going to sit there. I'm going to sit there. I'm just going to feel it. And it's okay. Then I'm going to reach out and talk to somebody. I'm going to do something silly, something fun, something this, something to get it so that you're not feeling that and staying in it. Part of the problem is, is that we stay in that mess. Mm-hmm. We stay in that depression. So what ends up happening is we just keep feeding off of the depression monster. Right. And it just keeps feeding off of the fact that we're miserable. And so we stay in that cycle. So it's letting yourself feel it because that's part of the process is having to actually feel the emotions. Mm-hmm. But it's not getting stuck in those feelings. It's being able to say, okay, you know what? I let myself feel it for a while. Right. Now I've got to do something different because if I don't, I'm going to get swallowed up by it. And stay in that pattern. Absolutely. And then it's literally morning delight because <clears throat> you thought you were going to be a football player. Right, right, right. That's the life you thought you were going to have. So it's having that period of time to mourn the loss. It's just like any relationship. When you, relationships are over, when somebody passes away, right. you have to mourn the loss. Well, you have to do it, but the healthy well, way to do it is to mourn the loss. And so with you, it's I have I'm, I need to mourn the loss that I'm no longer a football player. Right. And it's literally taking that in and dealing with those nasty, unhealthy, upsetting emotions. Because we're taught that you can't have negative emotions. If you have negative emotions, something's wrong with right. you. Right. Well, if you're positive all the time, <laughs> something's wrong with you. Because you're you there, there's a place in our head for negativity. It's just that as a society, it's okay to be negative. Mm-hmm. It's okay to, to do self-deprecating, you know, talk. Right, right. It's okay to be like, oh, no, I suck at this. Don't worry. Right. You know, but it's not okay to be like, you know what? I'm really good at this. Because if you are, then you're narcissistic. So right. it's trying to find that balance, that balance for yourself and then move on from there. And it's like, okay, well, who do I want to be? Right. If football is not my, you know, not going to happen, what other things can I do? A lot of people that retire go through this. 
mm. because they've been that role for so long and then retirement comes and poof, you have nothing. Nothing. Because you've been working your whole life. So now what do I do with myself? And right. that's where depression hits with that. So it's like. Or they end up going right back to work. Right. Because. My grandma. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's it, they just don't feel comfortable not working because right. in your head, I'm not being productive. Okay. I'm not focusing on things that I should. Well, no, because a lot of times when we work, we're not focused on ourselves. And mm. so when you retire, you actually have to focus on yourself. So that's Some why, people don't want to do that work. Right. And that's where I'm like, okay, what are your hobbies? What are things that you like to do on the side? And you, it's got to be more than one. Yeah. There's got to be more than one. Yeah. Try different things. Because if one thing's not going to work, another thing will. So that by the time you get ready to retire or your life changes in some dramatic way, you have other things that you can occupy right. yourself with. That you're comfortable or, or, or enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. Because if not, then you're going to be stuck in that perpetual, like, hamster wheel mm -hmm. of just I'm I just feel like crap nothing's going well I just my life sucks it's over blah yeah. blah blah when technically it's not you're just getting a new beginning it's a right. new start like it's just I think I went through that just recently just because um you know I stopped working in mm -hmm. 2019 and or 2020 can't remember I've been it's been a year since I quit my job and and it was weird to wake up every day and not know what I'm doing my bad, my bad. Um, Your mama asked if you wanted to cook the papas. <laughs> Did she? It was a text message right there. Oh. I didn't want to interrupt your story, but I just didn't know if you wanted to, to text her back. Start over. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I apologize. Uh, I know, apologize. It was, like, it was kind of like a new thing for me because I wake up and I'm like, okay, I'm awake and I'm not going to work. And right. What do I do? Who am I? <laughs> but if you, know, you think it, about since kindergarten, we're taught structure. We're yeah. taught that you have to Holy have Holy crap. I didn't even think about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's since kindergarten, because you think about kindergarten, you get to like play, and then you go on the playground, yeah. and you come in. And you have like a set schedule, right. though. It's like you wake up, you get on the bus, you go to school, you do your homework, you come home, wash, rinse, repeat. Absolutely. And then all through high school. High school is a little different now because they have more study halls and whatnot. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's pretty much structured. And then you go for the evening, you know, when you get home from school, what was it? Well, we did homework, then mm -hmm. there was dinner. Had your chores. Right. And so we got so used to that. And then you go to work. What do you do at work? It's, it's structure. the same structure. You know what I mean? And then you get home and you're exhausted, but you still have this to do, that to do, this to do. So you always have so something. So you always have something to do so that when you, all of a sudden, there's nothing, well, what do I do? Mm. And it's trying to find structure throughout your day. Yeah. To what did you do? I had to figure you it out. Doing? I, had to, I woke up every day and I said, I'm not just going to wake up and sit on the couch every single day. I need to have something to do. So that's why I slowly mm -hmm. started putting myself on a schedule. Okay, so I'm going to do this on this day, this on this day, this on this day. And then uh, that also triggered me to get jiggy, you know, mm -hmm. because then I have somebody yeah, else yeah. that I'm spending my time with, kind of like codependency with him. But well, but but you still, I mean, you have to take care of him. So what do you have to do? You have to bring him out. Mm -hmm. you have to, so it gets you, you off him. that couch. Yeah. It gives yeah. you that responsibility. That's why I love pet therapy. To me, is huge. And I slowly like oh, built off of that mm -hmm. because oh. you know after jiggy, then you know I was thinking, well, what else can I do? You know, and it's just like I wanted to start a business what business mm -hmm. am i going to start right. and i went back and forth with that for a long time but then i figured out i want to do a podcast and i'm like i could do a podcast i could still be with jiggy yep. at home and and take care of him so i you know and i have my structure here at home now absolutely so it was like i rebuilt it over 
a year's time yeah. it took me to rebuild my new habit of what I wanted to do mm-hmm. because nobody ever asked me what I wanted to do. It was right. always like, I got to go to work. I got to go to school after right. work. I got to go to my other job after that. And then I come home and I barely have any me time, you right. know? Well, and that's where it, depression comes in and it sits on you because when you have no structure, we're taught structure, routine, structure, yeah. routine, and all of a sudden you don't have it. Well, what the hell do I do with myself? And, and then, then when the you're sitting there, in. absolutely. That's when you start thinking yeah. and thinking and overthinking your thinking and then you're overthinking, you're overthinking, you know, yes, <laughs> I am the worst. Over- <laughs> yes. I went through that. I went through overthinking every single thing. And I'm like, what am I doing in my life? I'm just going to sit here. What are people going to think about me? They're going to think that I'm lazy because I'm not working. <laughs> I do. I do also think too, though, like the fear of uncertainty. Absolutely, it it, it cripples people into um, these mundane tasks in a sense of like. So I think the hardest part, and I, I, I guess I just related to a lot, of, like a lot of the experience that I have with football, just because it's like I didn't realize how crippling dedicating everything to football was Mm -hmm. for me as a developing human being. Like I didn't realize how crippling that was. And I see a lot of football players that get into the NFL and they see how they act and they don't understand that like people who aren't, you know, and I hate to say this way, but people who aren't high performing athletes for an extended period of time have no idea the lack of development that comes if your entire life is surrounded around that sport. Absolutely. And then by the time you become an adult and you're expected to have all these developed characteristics as a human being and you're in the NFL and you're on this big platform, a lot of people don't understand how underdeveloped a lot of these grown men and women are mm-hmm. because their whole life has been surrounded around this structure. And it was so crazy to me because... I think one of the hardest part to deal with is is when you play sports, you know exactly what the roadmap is and what the outcome is if you perform a certain way. So you wake up every day with a very expected future because, you know, if I perform well on this checkmark, this checkmark, this checkmark, then I'm going to get this. Then when I get there, I already know what the next few checkmarks are. Mm-hmm. When you lose that structure, I think a lot of people don't understand or even like actors or anybody that was like a child actor mm-hmm. or like, you know what I mean? Anybody that has been in a specific profession and excelled at, it at an early age and been in it their whole life, they don't understand the mental. I'm not even going to say this depression, but the mental anxiety, like the mental like 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 fear that comes from now I have to lose this skill or structure that I've had my whole life and I have to apply every bit of hard work or whatever to something that I have absolutely no idea mm-hmm. what the next step is. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to, to, to go, let's just say grade school is what, 12 years? Right. And then college is another four, so you're right. 16. So you figure you... You graduate college to say 20, what, four, right? Mm-hmm. So you go into the world at 25, absolutely not knowing any structure, any process, any next step, anything. And the world is just like, well, you're expected to perform at a high level in this concept or industry that you mm-hmm. have never, ever had to perform in. You're going to break down. You're right. going to have anxiety. You're going to see, you know, these child actors lose their mind or these athletes go crazy because it's like, They've never, ever had to do or facilitate anything in their life outside of this one right. specific structure. Because that's become structure. their identity. Exactly. Yes. Yep. And 
I didn't realize how crippling that was until I lost it. And then I started doing other things and I realized like, holy crap, I like this way. I like this and no one cares that I do it. I like doing this every day more so than all the accolades that I got from football. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or I enjoy having the freedom to go do this because I don't have all this structure. You know what I mean? Like it just opened my world to this whole other like person that I was that I couldn't be. I couldn't even have the time to right. touch on because it was like I'm up at 430. I'm at workouts at six. I got to be at class at seven, eight. Then I got to go back for film study. Then I got to go back for practice. Then I got to go home and study for engineering. Then I got to go to nighttime test. And then I got to go to sleep, wash, rinse, repeat, do the same thing for five days a mm-hmm. week. Then Saturdays, I don't even get Saturdays off because if you don't go to the optional, you know, right. workouts on Saturday, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like it, 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 it it's very, um, I don't know. It's very. It was very enlightening for me as a person, or just like identity and a human to to lose football. Like right. it's, uh, you know what I mean? Because it just it opened up this whole other world out there that was scary as hell when it first happened. And then, you know, in my personal experience, it sucked because it was just like. I don't. I was the first generation college student, mm-hmm. so all my family knew to teach me was. Go to school, get good grades, get a good job. That's life. Right. Retire when you're 60. And then I got opened up to this whole world where it's like, I don't want to do that. That's not the life I want to do. And then not having that structure, not having right. that um, support, not having that. And then, like, then I came out, you know, and so then, like, even, like, the brotherhood that I had of relationships that I had built over the year, you know, a lot of those are lost. So, mm-hmm. It was like really being in this whole new world that had been existing around me forever and having no tools to build in it. But to be 24, 25 years old and everybody's looking at you, expecting you to have already developed all these tools. And it was just like my guy, you know what I mean? Like I I didn't didn't even have the time to do it. You know what I mean? Like and I, I think that the world takes that. I think they take that structure of comfort and they ride it out their whole life because it's easy. So they know like, all right, if I do get a job, if I do work it for 40 years, if I do do exactly this, I know what the outcome is. So I'm going to stay with it because it's comfortable. But it's just like you don't even know who you really are until you let that go. You don't really know who you are at your core until you let go of that comfortable sense of knowing what the next step is well and that's that fear when the the fear of the unknown that's anxiety you think about it anything that we don't know that's going to happen i could walk out of here and get hit by a bus you know what i mean i don't know right i'm not going to live my life in fear of not knowing if that's going to happen or not i mean i'm going to look both ways but right 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 right. (laughs) but it's it's that whole you know What's next? What's next? Well, sometimes we, because we're so used to it already planned out for us. Right. That when you don't have that planned out for you, it's like, well, I don't know. And then it's like, oh, my God. And then, of course, the brain takes over because we are humans. We tend to go to that negative side mm-hmm. of the all or nothing. Well, if I can't be this, then I suck and I'm this. Right. You know, and without thinking of the other parts of who you are, because you were never taught that it was OK to look at those parts. That and that, that that's crazy to me. Like they like, so how do you? Okay, so then I guess from a mental from a mental aspect is like, how do you? Well, I guess you just don't know until you know, right? Right. 
because I still don't know if this is what I'm meant to do. I don't know if therapy is what I'm meant to do. I feel like I don't, the paperwork feels like work, but the people work, it comes natural to me. Yeah. So I don't know if that's my purpose because I think a lot of us get stuck on what's my purpose. Right, right, right. I don't have a purpose. Well, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know if that's my purpose, if my purpose is something different. I have no idea. So my thing is, is, is it okay that I don't have any idea? Because we're supposed to have all our answers. Yeah. And it's like, but who says? Okay, who I see what says you're you yeah. have to have all those answers? I don't know. So what am I going to do? Am I going to beat myself up because I don't know? How is that going to benefit me? My one biggest question to all my clients is I need you asking yourself, how is it going to benefit me to react this way? How is it mm. going to benefit me to think in this negative way? I'm not saying positive Pollyanna all day long. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying when you're in that negative space, how is it going to benefit you to continue to be that way? You know, um, I talk a lot about Judge Judy in yourself. Because, I mean, she's kind of mean. But she's be telling the truth, though. But my thing is, with it is, at the very beginning, she will always be like, I don't care about your feelings. I don't care about this. Give me the evidence. So it's giving yourself the hardcore evidence that you're going to fail at something. Yeah. Well, how do you know if you've never done it? So what's the evidence Uh, that you have? None. Right. There's no evidence. That logical side steps in and is like, well, there isn't any evidence. So then my question then is, okay, well, if there's no evidence, so it's emotional. Mm-hmm. It's not proven. Right. It's, it's in the emotional side of us. So with that emotional side, have you had motions in the past that steered you wrong? That weren't oh, true? Oh, yeah. I because, feel like that goes back to those triggers that mm-hmm. you were talking about. I think that was like, what, the very first the f- mm-hmm. first time we talked about was like the triggers, like the emotional triggers right. to things that you're saying the outcome, but you haven't even really processed what the outcome is. Right. You just jump to that emotional mm-hmm. trigger. So, I mean, it's it's a lot of, you know, well, shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Okay, yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. thinking about that, that's the past. Well, how's it going to benefit you to keep shoulda, coulda, woulda in your past? Because we can't change it. Right. So it's looking at it and saying, okay, what did I learn from my past? What did I learn so if this incident happens to me again, I can move forward. Mm-hmm. I won't get stuck in that place. Right. And then the future is that unknown, which we all are like, oh, to be uncomfortable. Oh. And my thing is be uncomfortable. Right. It's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to not have all the answers. There's sometimes that I will tell my clients, I have no idea. We need to look into that together because yeah. I have no idea. I respect that so much more from people than people always trying to like act like they know what's going Make on. Make an answer up. Yeah. And, right. like, that's, and that's the one thing that just like irks my nerves the most. Is like, if I ask you a question, I'm not asking you because I expect you to have an answer. I'm asking you because I hope you have an answer. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have an answer, just say, I don't know. But I hate those people that you ask them a question and you can see their brain. You can literally just, <laughs> just see them fighting just to have an answer to give to you. And then the answer to give you don't make no sense. It's like, and then, and then they get upset when you be like, but that don't make sense. Like you say, but that don't that don't even add up to what I you asked you. And then how they doing right? They're like, oh, it's just my opinion. You weren't doing and put them into the things you were doing. You're like, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, and, and then but, they get upset because you be like, that ain't even right. Right. And now you now you're emotional. You know, I just I just oh. tell them, oh okay. I'll find the answer myself. <laughs> well, Google, right. hey Siri. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. It's like when people tell me that people passed, 
my thing is that sucks. Yeah. Because to do that, oh my God, I'm so sorry. When, like when I've had death in my, my experiences, I wanted to slap people's face back to straight because I'm like, okay, I feel pity there. That's pity, but people don't know what else to say. So that's the go-to. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry for that. Or, oh, my God, is there, you know, my thing is, is I'm so sorry. I will say that sucks. What can I do to help you? Yeah. Because a lot of times I'll say thank you for that because it does suck. And, you know, I do you think that helps better? Like, well, because I'm in th- they're in therapy. It isn't it isn't great. No, I mean, like in a gym. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I told Talik. Oh, I'm no, so no, no, no. But, I know, but, like, but you're shame not on his you. therapist. You're not his right. therapist. You know what I mean? As no, and therapist. I'm saying like outside of uh, outside of therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Just general human to human contact, like general human to human yeah. interaction. Right. Like, like. Because this was tough for me, and I don't know if I had, like, borderline autism or something. I don't know. But, like, whenever someone is, like, saying they're going through a traumatic event or mm-hmm. something, like, I used I used to always be like, well, I hate when people, oh, it's fine. It'll be better tomorrow. Right. Or, like, oh, just think positive. It'll right, get better. Or, or that, yeah, yeah, I felt like that was so disheartening because it's like, but it's like you're almost telling this person, like, what they feel is not important right. to feel something different. And I know people, I know, I know that humans aren't typical persons not doing it to minimize your situation, but I just felt like that was so like weird to me because like, especially if you had been through what they've been through, I feel like in my nature, in my mindset, I'd be more so to be like, dang dude, man, when I went through that, I know how bad that sucked, man. Like, Mm -hmm. dude, you know what I mean? If you need to cry, let it out versus just, oh, it'll get better, man. Like, right. Well, and the I'm sorry is what I do in my personal. But when I'm sitting with somebody, I'm like, well, you're not you're not in therapy Mm -hmm. to tell me all your happy stuff. Right, 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 right. So I'm like, it really sucks. And to validate that feeling of this loss really hurts. It really sucks. Do you think that could work, though, like in normal everyday life, though, like? Human to human, like if Ambrose came to me and was like, "Man, my, I don't want to say that, but like, you know, uh, something bad happened. Something bad happened, <laughs> right? Because like, right. I don't want to speak nothing into the universe, right. but uh, something bad happened, right? <clears throat> As person to person, like even just outside of therapy, like, wouldn't it be a more reasonable response to be like, "Yo, that sucks," or well, I could give an example, bro, person like, to person, like that. So I did, uh, well. Somebody close to me was going through something with their family. And I told them, well, honestly, like, I've been through that. What your your family's going through, I've been through mm-hmm. that. And it's not going to be okay for a long time. But, you know, you can talk to me if you want. We right. can talk about it. Perfect. You know, but isn't that like, a, I feel like that's a, that's a human response. Right. Versus, yeah. I'm because, sorry. But that's only just because I've learned to see past those superficial answers. I mean, I call them superficial answers because it's just like you're throwing it out there just to, you know, when somebody passes away, everybody's like, oh, I'm so sorry, condolences, blah, blah, blah. But nobody says anything else but that, right? Right. Like, how are you doing? They say, if you need anything, call me. And it's like, that person just lost somebody that's real close to them, so they need somebody. Like they, like they now. need the interaction right. now. So don't don't just say. I mean, it, it's it's just our human nature to right. say it's those things. It's an automatic response for us to be like, oh my god. But I'm for so me, sorry. like wanting yeah. to to reach, like if this is my close friend and and they're telling me they're going right. through this and I care about them, I love them, I don't want them to feel like that. Then I'm going to really sit down and and that's what I told them. I said. You know, I'm gonna hey, invest some time in it. Right. Yeah, it's like right. it's not gonna be okay. Like I right. know what you're going through. Like it's hard. Like I went through the same, very similar situation, and 
it will get better, but it's going to take a long time. And, and I never I'm tell here. anybody I know how you feel because everybody feels differently. That's one of my biggest oh, things. Oh, yeah. It's because, like, both of my parents are deceased and have been for a very long time. So when somebody's parent dies, I'm like, I know what it's like to have a parent pass, but I don't know what your experience is like because right. I know mm -hmm. what my relationship was with my family. So I know how bad it sucked for me. So for you, I'm, you know, I'm truly devastated for you that you're going through this. This is, this cannot be easy for you because I'm like, I don't want to say I know how you feel because then again, that person could turn around and be offended by that and think, my God, they just minimized what I felt right. because they had gone through a similar situation. So I have learned that you know, I mean, I have a twisted sense of humor. So I'm like, yay, the parent club, woo. Oh you know? my God. I mean, right, it's, it's oh bad, it's bad. I have friends I can do that with. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. But, but like to actually, you know, when people are talking with me outside of therapy, mm -hmm. it's like, oh man, what can I do to help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what, what do you need from me right now? Because, and most of the time they're like, oh, nothing. And I'm like, I'm here. Yeah. I, you know, it might not be much, but I'm here when you need me. 2 a.m. call. Yeah. I'll leave my phone on for the next couple of weeks for you. Like, let me know if you need me. Reach out because that's the best thing you can do. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, counselor mode takes over when yeah, you start yeah. talking like that. But <laughs> it, <laughs> it right? just happens. I'm like. <laughs> now, do you want to sign up and talk to me? <laughs> I have an open schedule on Tuesday. Tuesday next week, 3 o'clock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you know, I mean, I was a couple weeks ago, I was sitting at a restaurant. Because I said at the bar because you get served food quicker. A lot faster. You really do. So I was sitting at the bar, and I happened to be talking to these ladies and come to find out one is a um, in detective work. Oh, wow. And, um, like, she Stressful. found out. Right. She found out from the bartender that I'm a therapist. And so she's like, do you have a card? I'm like, no, because I, I work in Maine. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I don't have a card for here right now. <laughs> and she's like, well, if you ever do, so, you know, bartender gave her my name and wrote down my number because they know my number at the bar. Oh, that well, sounds I mean, really bad, but it's because we're friends. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, that, that could be really good or really bad. I mean, friends. But, you know, and was like, yeah, give her a call. Like when you're, you know, because she was like, well, I know there's a lot of us that we don't want insurance companies to find out what's going on with mm -hmm. us. Just like military, police, detect. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm like, absolutely reach out. You know, if I can't help you, I can find somebody who can. And my whole thing is, is that she's like, yeah, but you're down to earth. Because I had just got a new tattoo. So yeah, I was yeah. like, look at my new tattoo to everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she's like, holy shit, you're really down to earth. I'm like, yeah, thank you. That's how people, I think people don't think about therapists in the way that you are. Honestly, right. no. because when I went to therapy, I was like, who is this woman that I'm about to meet? Like, I'm not going to tell her anything. <laughs> I always think of like Sex in and the City, like New that. York high rise. They're all like snooty with their little clipboard. Like, so tell me, tell me how your day was today. Mm. So when I worked, for, use your filler words. I worked in an uptown office. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This is very. Mm. I did, mm. and in, in the uptown office I worked in, they were really everybody that came in like. I'm sitting here in ten dollar jeans. They got three thousand dollars suits on, yeah, like, and they're what? coming in, and I'm just like, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> right. And they kept coming back, 
And then when I moved out of Dallas, they kept coming back. And I'm like, what is going on? Like people want to talk to a real person. And that's what I got. Like you're real. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. That's where it's like my own insecurities I've learned. And I tell people this with, you know, self-esteem building, just say, thank you. If somebody's giving you a compliment, say, thank you. Oh anything my God, you that put is the after, hardest yes, thing for me to do. Anything you put after it, yeah. you're negating their their the compliment. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I deflect all the time when people compliment. Mm-hmm. I hate compliments. Oh. And it's just saying thank you. Don't add to it. You know, <laughs> it's just saying thank you for that. And I've learned to do that because it's like I I get uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, thank you. Why do feelings like that make us uncomfortable? Because it's easier to hear the bad stuff than it is the good stuff, no matter who you are. Um, yeah, that's just so awkward. It is. It's like, like, oh man, yeah, you. Like for a while, sometimes I would just, I would just, I wouldn't even say thank you because I would just say nothing. I'm like, I turn awkward too. I'm just like, awkward nanny, like awkward turtle, awkward turtle. But I'm so about. You know, thank you yeah. for acknowledging. I'm gonna yeah. try you know, that. Th- just the thank you, and it is one of the hardest things you can do for yourself, is to not go there. I love it when some of the women I know, I'm like, oh my god, girl, that dress is so pretty, and they're like, thank you, I got it for like ten dollars, blah 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 blah. Yeah. You know, because we're thrifty shoppers. I call it being economically savvy. Mm-hmm. Yes, balling on a budget. Yes. Yes. So I'm like, that's awesome. Good to know. But I didn't want to know that. I yeah. didn't say that. But like, right, right, right. I didn't need to know that. It was a pretty dress. Yeah. It looks Everyone always you. adds something to the yeah. end of the thank you. Because like, it's just like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for right, that. Thank you. I washed my hair today. Right. I've said that so many times when people are like, girl, your hair looks so good. I'm like, I finally washed it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're kicking yourself. Damn. Right? damn it. I'm like, thank I you. should. Damn, just thank you. Just thank I you. just let them know. I feel like that if you I just don't say <laughs> thank you, you're just like. Arrogant? I don't know. That's what I used to take it as. It's like if I don't like acknowledge like a, something conversational behind it, then I feel like they're gonna think I, I'm like this. It's arrogant. Stuck up like, say, oh my god, I really like your shoes. It's like, oh, thank you. Know, like, right? oh, you know, I got these from such and such, and it's just like. But that maybe even saying giving them a compliment back so that you feel comfortable. I just feel like I don't, I don't like people like, that much. If they say like, oh, I really like your shoes, be like, oh, I know, right? That is arrogant. That is arrogant. That is arrogant. Yeah, but I mean, anything like that, you know, it's like we're taught that that means you're narcissistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. I know. I mean, I tell everybody all the time, I'm amazing. I know. I'm joking. (laughs) Right, right, but but it's like you know, that's how I started building my self-esteem because. Sometimes in my occupation, we like you, you get pounded down. Mm. I mean, there's there's different employers, there's different um, agencies, there's different ways that you do stuff. And my thing is, can I get, you know, what's it going to do to me? Am I going to, you know, lose my my sense of self yeah. because they're wanting me to do work this way, and that's not how I work. Do I? I mean, I've left a high-paying job because they were trying to <clears throat> mold me into something I wasn't. And yeah. I'm like, but that's not who I am. And I'm, I'm struggling at my core to figure out, okay, well, was I meant to be in this field? Right. Am I good at what I do? And I started questioning myself. So I started being like, no, I love what I do. Regardless, I do no harm. Yeah. That's our one goal is I do no harm. So if I'm harming somebody in any way, then I'm not doing my job. If I can do no harm and do my job and you feel like you've made progress, then I'm good at what I do. 
I'm constantly learning every day. If you ever have a therapist say, I know I'm good, like I'll say it, but they all know I'm joking right, around. Right, right, right. But it, because it's like, look, we all go out there and it, I could I could say something that triggers somebody to the point where they go home and, and they're the, pissed. Right. And so I don't know. So the only thing I can do is try to learn body language. I try to learn to how to read them so that I can figure it out. In my personal life, my God, I probably piss everybody off. I don't know. I mean, they don't know. say anything, so I'm, I'm assuming no. I don't but, think you know. so. No. But, <laughs> but then, too, it's like I, I think that goes to, like, a person's demeanor, too. Like, because, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know, like, in some situations I can say certain things and, it, and it'll be people be, and people will just – not me in general, just in general, like a person's demeanor, like they'll say something that may come off or it could be like if you were just writing it down on paper, like that is really like effed up. Right. But depending on the person, their demeanor and like, you know, how they carry themselves, they could say it and everybody would be like, oh, that's just, you know, da, da, da. or how like, oh, that's it. not offensive. It's coming from such and such. Or, oh, when they say that, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't really mean I've it like that. that. It just yeah. comes off this way. Right. Like, yeah, you, know what I mean? like, you don't know him. That's why you're offended. <laughs> right. right, right. <laughs> or you have a, or you have a friend group, like a new and a new person right. will come in and, and they'll see you do or say something a certain way and they'll react like crazy. And everybody's like, oh, no, it's fine. And then they try to do it. And everybody's like, hold up. Hold up. No, no, no. You no. just came into you this can't, you, can't be, you can't be talking like that. No. <laughs> I, got, I, got told, I got told by um, an ex-boyfriend that you get away with saying so many things nobody else would get away with. I, that, that go, that's, but that goes to your character, your demeanor, like how you carry yourself. But I'm sure you wouldn't just do that to anybody. No. Right. I mean, because I know certain friends that and I can you get know, away with certain Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. I mean, that's just like, you know, holler at the Dead Parent Club. Woo. Yeah. Like, I have right, right, friends right. that, I mean, but I wouldn't do just like yeah, random. I have my yeah. friends where I know that I can basically tear them down and we can just die laughing about it, you know, all together. But then another friend, I can't right. do that because they'll just go home and probably cry their eyes out later or they'll be quiet for the rest of the evening. I'm, I'm that friend. I'm that friend. <laughs> you That's why you were it. quiet. That's like <laughs> But I do want to bring up a point about the self-esteem, if you think about it, the thank yous. And then my one other thing about it is, why do we, why do we feel the need to explain the word no? When we say yes to doing something, nobody's like, well, why are you doing it? Yeah. But when we say no, I don't want to, people are like, why? Why? Well, like, explain why you don't want to do it. Right. because like, I said no. <laughs> Well, and that's one of the things I tell people is, is you don't have to explain yourself. My friends all know my, my normal Friday mornings. I get up, I go do laundry, I go do my morning stuff so that I can enjoy the rest of my weekend. That's my time alone. That's my time to recharge from working all week long being a therapist. So I don't answer my phone, and my mm -hmm. friends know that. And I've been asked, why don't you answer your phone? Because I need me time. You need me time. And they're like, oh, okay. But if I say, you know, hey, Amy, do you want to go here? And I say, no, I'm not feeling it. They leave it alone yeah. because that's me setting a boundary. I don't need to explain myself. And is that feeling arrogant? No, that's setting a boundary, especially to people that consistently will, you know, keep pushing it. Well, how come? Well, I how do come? that. Come? Oh, my God. That's so like, annoying. What's wrong? You don't want to come? Or I hate people. The, the thing I hate is people that, like, they set boundaries and there's no compromise. It's this is my boundary. Don't 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 cross it. But then when you try to set that boundary, they're like always trying to push or compromise your boundary. That's the one thing I hate the most. So my my whole thing about boundaries, it's like mowing the lawn. <laughs> you have to keep pushing keep the back. Hey. You have to keep mowing over that path so that they get it. So this is they not going to happen. Right. But I did read it. I did watch a TED talk back in the day and 
I was watching this TED talk and they were talking about the no. Like, why do people respond so negatively to no? And um, they were saying that, like, it starts, like, in childhood of there's this reinforced negative trauma to the word no. Mm Because they're like, when you do something that your parents tell you, when you do something that your parents like, they compliment you, they build you up, da-da-da. But they're like, what's the most common word used when you're being punished for something? They're like, it's no. So they're like, a lot of adults, when they get older, in their relationships, their friendships, whatever, or just whatever, when they hear the word no, they have this innate, I guess, emotional trigger or this weird trigger that hearing no is like a threatening thing. It's Mm -hmm. like a... It's like an attack on them as a person when you tell them no, but it stems from that, um, really, I guess, that trauma from childhood that no is associated with punishment. Right. So when asked you to do something, ask. <laughs> when someone asks, say you, ask. When someone asks <laughs> you to do something or wants something from you, say no, they take it as like a personal punishment. Right. And then that's where they feel the entitlement of like, well, why? Well, why? Because they feel like you're rejecting them or you're punishing them because you're just, like you said, you're just setting a boundary. And I found that very interesting because it's like, that's why it's so hard for people to accept hearing no. It's like, that's, or that might be part of why when they, when they hear the word no for something that they want, it's like a personal attack or it's like a, they, they, it triggers their brain in a, in the sense of like, it's a punishment and they want to know, well, why are you punishing me for this? And it's just like, that's not what I'm doing. I'm, I'm taking care of me. I'm not punishing you. I'm taking care of me. Well, because we all have that sense of entitlement. Yeah. Of, I need to know you're my friend. You're going to explain it to me. Yeah. And I have explained to all my friends, look, when I, when I say no, it's, it's not about you. It's about probably it's nine times out of 10, the fact that I'm exhausted and I don't have the energy. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes I'll be like, I can't people today. I'm sorry. And most people will accept that because I'm like, I can't people anymore today, you know? And, and I, I'm a very outgoing person, but there I, I have my limits. You have your downtime. Yeah. And so it's like, but when you do ask why it is, we take it, we take it personally. Like, why don't you want to come hang out with me? What did I do to you? Yeah. And we have to remember that most of the time it's not about us. Yeah. And that's a hard concept for even me. It is all about me. It's my world. What do you mean? Wait, wait, hold on. Yeah. Wait, what? And I have to remember, okay, wait, not everybody revolves around me. Right. They should. I'm not the son. Right. <laughs> like, I should be. Okay. Let's talk this with another conversation another day. I should be. But it, it, it is, it's hard. I mean, and so it's like, it's funny because in the mental health field, I know I tell people, listen, you can tell me that we don't work. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get offended. The therapy is about you. It's not about me. Yeah. But my old therapist made me feel bad. Well, I'm sorry. I, I'm very sorry that happened to you. Yeah. But that's not how it's going to be with me. If if you feel like we're not a good fit, it's okay. I'm not going to work for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I have a lot of clients that I have to have that conversation of. And it's okay to tell me things that you've done that are bad. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to, you know, be like, oh, ooh, mm, mm. they did that. And I'm like, absolutely not. You know, and a lot of times when you build a therapeutic relationship, this is why they say they don't want the dual relationships, because I have that power sense of I know your mental health stuff. So in the grand scheme of things, if I wanted to, I could use that against you. Mm -hmm. That's that power struggle. And my thing is, is that 
okay, I know this about you, but it doesn't mean you're going to let me down by telling me bad things. Right. Because, and I do, I have a lot of people, I can't tell you that. Well, why not? Well, who else you gonna like, tell? I know we're not supposed to ask why in therapy, but I do. I'm like, yeah. what, what's the difference? What's the why is it that it's so hard? I'll just tell you. So I'm like, I evolved past that already. <laughs> <laughs> I've evolved past you. <laughs> you can't hurt me. Right. <laughs> right. But I'm elevated, you know. But, but it's that whole, yeah. you know, doing that. And then, you know, it's it's having that feeling of, you know what, I have this person that I can go to, but I don't want to let them down. I don't want to disappoint them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm not a parent. I'm not your this. I'm not your that. There is no disappointing. Like if, you know, and I'll have some people, I'll give them homework and, yeah. you know, and I'll say, you know, Hey, did you touch on that this week? Well, I thought about it. You know what? That's better than not. I'm proud of you Facts. for thinking about it. Like at least you thought about doing something. Now, how do we get that thought to be in action Mm -hmm. and work from there? So it's really hard because a lot of people, you know, in in these therapeutic relationships, they build such a bond that you do feel like, okay, you're part of my family now. I can't, I can't tell you this. Can't go that, yeah. Right. And it's like, but I'm not. Right. Like, I'm not here to judge. And I think a lot of the old school therapists judge right or like the stereotype of right the writing on a pen and paper now doing telehealth that's intimidating yeah and i don't i, I don't usually write on paper i don't usually she keep small notes too right <laughs> so you can't see well, you're right like they, ooh, they're not gonna be able to read that yeah mm-hmm. i'm like are you gonna be able to read that after our session <laughs> no <laughs> no well and sometimes like i see sometimes 11 12 people a day mm-hmm. so while i'm talking to them i am writing little notes you know, I'm typing away, Which makes but, sense. but because I need to like have words that are going to trigger me to remember. That's why there's the 15 minute hour. I got a little bit of time to do my note and then I can go to the bathroom if I need to. Right, right, like, right. You know, little, little I mean, women's room. Right. Like, you know, you figure out like a pattern that works for you. And, you know, and some of my clients will say, please don't type while you're talking to me. Perfect. No problem. Gotcha. If I forget next week, don't be mad. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to type. But then it's like my, my, my notes are so vague that in my head I have to remember. And I remember so many things. It's so weird. I keep getting told I have that little catalog that I can flip back. Mm. And I know something that was said from seven weeks ago. And then I'll bring it up in therapy and be like, hey, you know, we never really talked about this. Oh, no. I would have forgot. <laughs> I'm, I'm forgetting as soon as you I get I can the remember like stuff. From years ago, stuff from movies and whatever. I just be saying them, and people are like, "Girl, I don't remember what happened on the TV show I watched last night. All I remember it was zombies and somebody died." <laughs> I don't look. I will watch an entire. I will binge watch an entire YouTube series in three days and not know the name of the main character until mm-hmm. like episode eight. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey, who the fuck is Jeffrey? <laughs> That's the main guy, like Marlon. With, oh, oh, he's oh. like that with our with our guests. He's like, I said, so uh, Blanca's gonna be on the show. Who's Blanca? <laughs> he had to tell me who Blanca was for okay. six times. Okay, and, 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 okay, but but in my defense, right? Uh-huh. He was telling me the name, but the person wasn't there. So the reason why I kept getting mixed up is because he was bringing up events that happened with Blanca, but I thought. Blanca was a different individual. <laughs> so I was like, this can't be the right people because this event didn't happen with this person. Mm-hmm. So like, this ain't Blanca. So every time we bring her up, I'm like, who's Blanca? And he's like, it's the, I'm like, 
And then finally, it just processed. I like, have to say your name at least two or three times while I'm looking at you in my head. When you so first can, meet somebody? Yeah, so I can remember. Yeah, and I thing. do, I, all my friends know. I'm like, they're like, who's that? I'm like, I don't remember. I do so the same then, thing. They're, then they're like, hey, so I'm so and so, so they could get the name again. And I repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. I'm like, okay, I got it. Or I'll introduce, like, if, I, if I'm out somewhere and I see somebody I'm supposed to know their name, I'll introduce Eric to them. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he's like, Eric, hey, okay, come meet my friend over here. And that's like, the oh, trick to like, do it. Yeah. Like, Hi, my name is Eric. And they'll be like, oh, my name's Tom. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because we, if you think about it, our brains right now in 2022 are like having. About 700 tabs open on a laptop. You're not that type of person, are you? No. I'm saying our brains are like that. Oh. That's why it's like to go back to one specific thing to remember yeah. somebody's name is so hard because we have so many tabs open in our brain. I have a lot of tabs yeah. open. I'm about to say. <laughs> I've tried to shut them down several times. They keep popping up. Mm-hmm. They got, I, I got, got the virus. I'm about to say, I got the virus with a pop-up. I'm like, you got up. those I got <laughs> Oh, my God. Stop it. <laughs> Oh but no, God. that is uh, that is very true though because it's like, golly, like, and it's so weird though because it's like if you really think about like 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 go back to when we were kids, right? Like the things that you had to think about, process, and think about on mm-hmm. a daily basis were was really kind of minimal in the sense of it was go to school, come inside before curfew, do your homework. You didn't even have cell phones really to right. call and be on the phone with anybody, let alone be on social media. Whereas now it's like I couldn't imagine being growing got, up today. Oh I could my not god! Imagine. I, I got to post something on social media. Is. I got to keep up with the trends. I got to know what hashtags are popping. I got to know what events are coming up. It was just I remember it was so simple back then to the point. To where you could just ride through your neighborhood and figure and where out all the happened. wherever all the bikes were, you knew that's whose house she was at, and that's where the where, the, where it was going down. That right? was yep. Facebook. That was Facebook. That Who was got Instagram. bikes in the yard? That like, was all that. Like who's at this person's house? We used to go to this one person. Yeah, the, that was social it. media. I, you know, I just in my head all day. I'm like, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. I gotta. Do, oh, don't forget about that. Oh, the, I feel like people already have the skills to run multi-million dollar companies, but they're just applying it to like gossip on mm-hmm. housewives, you know what yeah. I mean? Or gossip on hip hop, love and hip hop, black ink crew, like keeping up with all this. Mm-hmm. If you applied 30% of the energy that you put into keeping up with what's going on on this and that and this and this and rumor and this and that, you could literally <laughs> be making six figures a year running mm-hmm. a business, Oh, absolutely. keeping up on what people are actually buying. And it blows my mind because it's like... Half these people have a lot of this brain power and energy, but they're putting it into things that don't yes. that don't serve That's their purpose. <laughs> because they're we're being forced to think about other things. They put the TV in front of us. They put the social media in front of us, so that we can get so self involved with ourselves and other people's lives that we don't even care what's going on in our to All make life. our lives better. You know, yeah. it's like. But that's why you see, like you saw on my Instagram, on my Twitter, like on all stuff. I haven't posted in probably what two months, two three months, and I think the I only time, only reason I even posted because it was my birthday, so I was just made a birthday <laughs> post. But like before that birthday post, I think the post before that has been like two or three months. Like I purposefully take two, maybe a month, a minimum a month or two months at times mm-hmm. where I literally just don't. I'll be on social media, I'll like post, I'll keep up right, with people, but whatever. Post. But to be like a hundred percent, like involved in social media, I'll take like two months and not do nothing. I didn't, I, I have an Instagram. However, I haven't been on it. I locked myself out. Can't remember the password. Oh, Jesus. So I made a new one. 
therapist Amy. That was oh, the first time okay, I've that been one. on it. Okay, okay. That's okay, the okay. first time. I mean, I, cre- I, still I have just created your that. other Instagram. Yeah, and there's I'm no like, picture. Oh, I thought that no. was your Instagram. I thought, no. oh, I don't know, you had one before that. Uh, I yeah. asked her to make one. Um, oh, because uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and it, it was funny because I'm like, well, what do I post on this? Because I am posting. I like the stuff that you post. They cracking me up. I'm like, she knows. She knows. She's psychoanalyzing me every time she comes. She made that post for me. Oh my God, you're taking it personal. Yeah, I'm like, what is it? I feel attacked. You need to start writing that right, second right, page. Right. I'll just like give a little meme underneath. Right, right. And I was going to say earlier on the flip side of us talking about people that say no all the time. I remember they don't like to hear the word no and we're triggered by the word no. Mm-hmm. On I think next time we should talk about um, people that what drives people that are constantly saying yes to everything because mm-hmm. that's very oh my God. detrimental to yep. a lot of people. Yeah. I'm kind of a people pleaser, but I kind of push back from that, you know, after different events happen. But I know some people pleasers that just never say mm-hmm. no and they go through the worst trauma of their life mm-hmm. and they keep saying yes, 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 like bring it on. And I just it don't just bothers get that. My mind. That bothers me. And we will, because that's a whole and series I know, in itself. Guys, it bothers me. Do you don't understand? It bothers me to my core when I see somebody, and I'm like, you know you should have said no. You the know bitches. you should have said oh no God, to them. We triggered him. I'm triggered. I, I feel attacked. I feel attacked. But, guys, we're going to also talk about, I know you wanted to talk about addiction, and we really wanted to talk about that, too. Addiction is going to be a long one. But, yeah, it's I think be we're going to have to do cause... maybe a series on addiction. and. But I feel like that would be a good show when we don't have someone call in right. and we just focus mm-hmm. on that Yeah, I think topic. our next show should, we should talk about, uh, we should start with a yes, mm-hmm. yes man. And then we'll go into addiction and then just continue our show with addiction for a couple. Absolutely. Yeah. I like it. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. Thank, Thank you for coming. For being here. Thank you for coming through the winter storm. I know. Uh, we I was on time. I know you were here before me. Yeah. <laughs> I was shocked. Yeah. And I went to Starbucks before I came. I was like, hold on. And then he asked me if I wanted Starbucks and I didn't get anything. Because I didn't yeah. respond. I was like, oh. yeah. He on a diet anyway, so. Not today. Not today. <laughs> No, you got your mom here for brunch. Oh, she's cooking papas. She's cooking the potatoes right now. I don't even know what those are. Potatoes. Potatoes. Papas is potatoes potatoes in Mexican. Like brunch potatoes. They got uh, onions and bell pepper in them. And yeah. Uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> Forgot we were on the show. We get we get food we got food on the brain, and yeah. all of a sudden that's and we a can whole smell topic. it too. I know. But guys, thanks for joining us. Thank you, therapist Amy. Thank you for our call in with Talik Monroe. Yes, thank you, Talik. yes, 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 yes. And uh, guys, don't forget to follow us on Sky Squids on Instagram, yep. on Twitter, on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe. Uh, we also are on Facebook as well. So yep. like, comment, subscribe. You can you can listen to our show on Facebook. You don't yep. even have to go to any of the platforms. It's already uploaded. But we are on Apple. We are on Google. We Spotify. are on Spotify. We are on Anchor. We, we everywhere. We are everywhere. And Sky Squids worldwide. Wide, wide, <laughs> wide, wide, wide. We are worldwide. I didn't think I told you that. We what? actually have Singapore people listening to Singapore. No. India, Canada. Canada. So I'm like, wow, we're on international. Wow. International players ball. So guys, meet us back here with Amy next month. Uh, We do this every month. And um, we will try to do a a live uh, Friday live. Uh, This week was a little bit off. So we ended up, you know, not being able to do the Friday live. Maybe we'll do one next week if everything 
works yeah, out. Yeah, we had a little. We were stuck. Uh, we're in Dallas, Texas. That's where we're based, and we were stuck with a winter storm, unfortunately, yeah. and nobody could get to us, and we couldn't get to anybody. So, <laughs> right, like seriously, threw our whole schedule off. But we're going to continue to uh, do the th- mental health every month. Um, I think it really helps a lot of people. And I always forget to do this, but we should pull up the oh, the number two mental health line. Yeah, 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 or is it suicide prevention? I don't know. They probably got a couple Top different line. ones at this point. Yeah, they do. They got it for just about everything. So if you or someone you know needs help, contact NAMI, the NAMI helpline. They are open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. That's Eastern Time. Their telephone number is 1-800-950-NAMI or 1-800-950-6264. Or you can email them for some information, info at NAMI.org. I'm going to get a 24-hour line. Right. Well, and you says. can also go on their website and look up different mental health disorders because Uh-oh. there's so much misinformation about mental health disorders out there oh. that this is a reputable. There's very few pages that page. I go and Google. But you on. you, you approve, approve this one. Oh, absolutely. Okay. NAMI. Yeah, NAMI.org <laughs> is Therapist Amy Approved. So. <laughs> I remember. So. Guys. Uh, <laughs> But thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Black Zeus, a.k.a. Marlon, a.k.a. <laughs> a.k.a. <laughs> We're out. <laughs>